Remember, when we love, we always strive to become better than we are. Aloha, multidimensional friends, travelers with on this sacred personal journey that this personal legend that we are constantly unfolding within our hearts, within our minds, within our loving arms that we reach out and we give out to the world. We just share our magic, shooting magic out of our fingers. It's a full moon. The energy is super right today. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in. My name is Brendan, a.k.a. Mystic Spider-Man, a.k.a. Skull Babylon, a.k.a. Wolf Shield, welcoming you to another live broadcast here on behalf of Paradigm Shift Central, a real-world interactive game developed to help assist with the shift in consciousness as well as a portal for inspirational conscious media. Uh, if you're tuning in, perhaps for the first time, thank you so much for being here. Be sure to check out more at ParadigmShiftCentral.com. And, of course, what we are doing here on this broadcast, this is a continuation of something that we began previously. This is part two of our live book reading of The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And this is a very, very, very special book, very a book that's very close to many of our hearts. And this is going to be a live book reading and commentary. So the commentary will be coming from myself while reading it, but also from your guys' comments in, in the YouTube. And we are also broadcasting right now on Facebook and on Instagram. So I'm doing my best. I literally got like a couple extra monitors set up here as well as the desktop monitor. So I'll be kind of engaging with everyone to the best of my abilities. And if you are on the YouTube, go ahead and just drop some 1111s in the comments. Make sure that you guys can hear me okay and give me that confirmation. And again, for everybody just like from wherever you are, go ahead and just spread some love, spread some gratitude. Tell me a little bit about what The Alchemist means to you. Have you read this book before? Has it played a part in your journey? Has it opened up your heart and your mind? Has it helped you discover a little bit about your own personal legend? Did it teach you about the language of the universe? So, we're going to get into this. And of course, this is like I said, this is part two. We have read up until page not even that far into it. This is on we're on page 43 right now. So I mean, if you happen to have the version of the this same version, please feel free to read along. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm going to give you a bit of a recap in terms of what has happened within the story of the alchemist so far, and then we'll continue reading it. And this will probably I, th I think we're doing this in three parts. So we're going to probably read for about 90 more minutes. And uh, yeah, and then we'll go from there. So of course, before we dive into this huge special thanks to everyone for being a part of this broadcast and a bonus thank you to those of you who are also supporting on Patreon. Patreon, again, is a website where you can support artists and creators in doing what they do to be able to help just allow them to continue to do it even more so that we can reach more people. So thank you to everyone supporting not my not just myself, but the entire community on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brendan Colton. Sign up to that for additional extra perks, rewards, 25% discount at the quest item shop, which gives you the light guardian crystals as well as the shift buttons, which are all about being able to help evoke synchronicity and 
and connect people back to the Paradigm Shift Central website and the laminated free hug signs. Again, questitemshop.com and patreon.com forward slash Brendan Colton. And that's a monthly donation of your choice. And we got some new perks coming for the team Patreon supporters coming soon. So stand, stand by for that. So thank you again, everyone. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Mystic Spider-Man if you aren't already yet. And our new team Instagram at Paradigm Shift Central on Instagram. So just run a search on that and you'll be able to find that. So getting right into this and really just, uh, again, honoring everyone for showing up. The Alchemist, a fable about following your dreams. This is a very, 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 very well-known book. It has been translated like thousands of times into many different languages. And the story of this book is a story about a young shepherd boy named Santiago. And so far within the story, Santiago has been traveling to one town from another, and he has been making his way to a very particular town uh, within the lands of Andalusia to be able to find a girl who he met a year ago, who he's kind of trying to impress. But part of his motivation that is also driving him has also been this recurring dream that he's had. And this dream has been of a young child who has been showing him the pyramids. And so he went, and this is what's happened in the book so far, he arrived in this town and he went to a, like a psychic woman, a woman who does like palm readings and, and dream interpretation. And she spoke with him, he spoke with her, and he told her about this dream, and she told him that you must go to the pyramids of Egypt, for that is where your treasure is. So he's on his way to the pyramids of Egypt, yet before he has left this town, he met one more very, very important character. And this character, he was the king of Solom, and his name is also Melchizedek, and he has already been teaching... Uh, Santiago, many, many important things. He has been teaching him about the idea that everything happens for a reason and that dreams are something that we must follow. Uh, we must not live our lives based on someone else's dream, but each person is responsible for fulfilling the path that their dreams lead them on. And this is the idea of fulfilling one's own personal legend. So he has given Santiago uh, two stones, a black stone and a white stone, which will come into play later in the story. And now Santiago, uh, he, uh, he's not, he, has, he, he's, he hasn't left the town yet, um, but he's going to be leaving the town shortly. But before he does that, he plans to talk to the girl who he met from a year ago, who he's got a bit of a crush on. So that's basically where the story is. And one of the other key things just from the last part of the book has been this idea of the Melchizedek king, king, the king of Solomon, Melchizedek. He talked to him about this idea of being able to be able to walk the path of one's purpose while still enjoying the beauty all around us, while still in being in awe and wonder of the world around us. So there's some very, very powerful themes within this book, which again is the reason why we're sharing this within the context of the Paradigm to Central Project, which again is all about helping inspire us to make a difference in this world, to inspire us on our own personal journeys of fulfilling our dreams, of learning the language of the universe, of becoming more aware of things related to like such as synchronicity and dreams, like literal dreams that we dream at night and how those are actually our soul speaking to us. So that's where we are within the book now and we'll be moving forward with it. And again, this is basically at this point, Santiago is 
eventually on his way to the pyramids because he has been told that that is where a treasure waits for him that was what the woman interpreted within the dreams and and part of what the woman said she she she, she didn't charge him for the palm reading but she said like give me one tenth of your treasure whatever you happen to find <laughs> so again thank you so much everyone for for being a part of this and as we're reading through this we'll kind of take breaks here and there to be able to interpret it as we go and uh for those of you who are on youtube if you can just drop an 11 11 in the comments make sure that things are sounding a-okay and uh, i know in the last broadcast the audio on the youtube was a little crunched so that was my fault but this one should be fine so so again if you guys have commentary like as we're reading things please feel free to drop that down below and um yeah i'll be like part of what i want to do is like read your guys commentary as we go through this so again, thank you so much, everyone, for being a part of this. Thank you, everyone, so much for just, like, being a part of this journey. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Let's get right into this. So, <clears throat> The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, a fable about following your dreams. Page 43. <clears throat> At the highest point of Tarifa, which is the town he is in, there is an old fort built by the moors from atop its walls one can catch a glimpse of africa which is where the pyramids are melchizedek the king of solemn sat on the wall of the fort that afternoon and felt the lavender blow in his face <clears throat> Let me just move my microphone here the sheep fidgeted nearby oh and also yeah melchizedek bought some of santiago's sheep which is helping give him the money that he's going to use to travel to the pyramids so the melchizedek is like encouraging him he's like you gotta go to the pyramids young boy the sheep fidgeted nearby uneasy with their new owner and excited by so much change all they wanted was food and water melchizedek watched a small ship that was plowing its way out of the port he would never again see the boy just as he had never seen Abraham again after having charged him his one-tenth fee. That was his work. The gods should not have desires because they don't have personal legends, but the king of Solom hoped desperately that the boy would be successful. It's too bad that he's quickly going to forget my name, he thought. <clears throat> Sorry, let me get in my king of Solom voice. It's too bad he's going to quickly forget my name, he thought. I should have repeated it for him. Then, when he spoke about me, he would say that I am Melchizedek, the king of Solom. He looked to the skies, feeling a bit abashed, and said, I know it's the vanity of vanities, as you said, my lord. But an old king sometimes has to take some pride in himself. How strange Africa is, thought the boy. He was sitting in a bar very much like the other bars he had seen along the narrow streets of Tangier. Some men were smoking from gigantic pipe that they passed from one to the other. In just a few hours he had seen men walking hand in hand, women with their faces covered, and priests that climbed to the top of towers and chanted as everyone about him went to their knees and placed their foreheads on the ground. So just a little quick correction here. I mentioned that Santiago was like going to talk to that girl. Uh, I haven't read this book in a while. <laughs> so <laughs> there's like still parts that I'm remembering. Uh, he doesn't talk to the girl at this current point in the story. He's like literally just like, I'm not ready for it yet. And now he's on his way to Egypt again to fulfill his, his personal legend. 
<clears throat> a practice of infidels, he said to himself. As a child in church, he had always looked at the image of Saint, Saint Santiago Matamoros on his white horse, his sword unsheathed, and figures such as these kneeling at his feet. The boy felt ill and terribly alone. The infidels had an evil look about them. Besides this, in the rush of his travels, he had forgotten a detail, just one detail which would keep him from his treasure. For a long time, only Arabic was spoken in this country. Oh, and um, yeah, just a reminder again, we started reading this on the new moon. Now we're reading this on the full moon, and then we'll probably conclude it on the new moon. I think I already said happy full moon to everyone, but I'm saying it again now. Happy full moon. And um, oh, we didn't do our quick little meditation. Sorry, guys. Before we go any further, I just want to invite us to just kind of like take just like t literally just two breaths. Don't have to dawdle for too long. I'm just putting my hand on my chest and allow us to just be able to see this book as the universe speaking to ourselves. See the codes and the inspiration encoded into this book. This is more than just entertainment. This is a key to unlock a treasure within our hearts. So just inviting you to just take a couple deep breaths on your own. Gentle exhales. Feeling that full moon whenever you're listening to this. The power of the moon. Power of the sun. One more breath together. Deep inhale. Gentle exhale. Awesome. The story continues. <laughs> <clears throat> besides this in the rush of his travels he had forgotten a detail just one detail which could keep him from his treasure for a long time only arabic it was spoken in this country the owner of the bar approached him and the boy pointed to a drink that had been served at the next table it turned out to be a bitter tea the boy preferred wine but he didn't need to worry about that right now what he had to be concerned about was his treasure and how he was going to go about getting it. The sale of his sheep had left him with enough money in his pouch, and the boy knew that in money there was magic. Whoever has money is never really alone. Before long, maybe in just a few days, he would be at the pyramids. An old man with a breastplate of gold wouldn't have lied just to acquire six sheep. So he sold all his sheep, I guess, yeah. The old man had spoken about signs and omens, and as the boy was crossing the strait, he had thought about omens. Yes, the old man had known what he was talking about. During the time the boy had spent in the fields of Andalusia, he had become used to learning which path he should take by observing the ground and the sky. He had discovered that the presence of certain birds meant that a snake was nearby and that a certain shrub was a sign that there was water in the area. The sheep had taught him that. If God leads the sheep so well, he will also lead a man, he thought, and that made him feel better. The tea seemed less bitter. Who are you? he heard a voice ask him in Spanish. The boy was relieved. He was thinking about omens, and someone had appeared. How come you, how come you speak Spanish? he asked. I get, well, they're speaking Spanish, but the book's in English, obviously. <clears throat> the new arrival was a young man in Western dress, but the color of his skin suggested he was from out. He was from the city. 
He was about the same age and height as the boy. Almost everyone here speaks Spanish. We're only two, we're only two hours from Spain. Sit down and let me treat you to something, said the boy, and asked for a glass of wine and asked for a glass of wine for me. I hate this tea. There is no wine in this country, the young man said. The religion here forbids it. The boy told him that he needed to get to the pyramids. He almost began to tell about his treasure, but decided not to do so. If he did, it was possible that the Arab would want a part of its payment for taking him there. He remembered that the old man had said about offering something you didn't even have yet. I'd like you to take me there if you can. I can pay you to serve as my guide. Do you have any idea how to get there? The newcomer asked. The boy noticed that the owner of the bar stood nearby, listening attentively to their conversation. He felt uneasy at the man's presence, but he had found a guide and didn't want to miss out on an opportunity. You have to cross the entire Sahara Desert, said the young man, and to do that, you need money. I need to know whether you have enough. The boy thought it a strange question, but he trusted in the old man, who had said that when you really want something, the universe always conspires in your favor. Again, that's like one of the most popular lines within this book. When you really want something, the universe always conspires in your favor. And just going back a second here, a comment related to omens, you know, a very, very important part of this story and just a very, very important part of life in general, the idea of omens. And I'd be curious, you know, like for everybody here listening to this, like what are, how, how much do omens play a role within your own reality, within your own existence? And again, omens are now what many of us are coming to acknowledge as like synchronicities, seeing 1111 or hearing certain songs on the radio. But omens are like one way of thinking about it. It's having the foresight to be able to see the future before it arrives. Yet sometimes it is also the future speaking back to us in the present through things that are beyond our immediate control, yet are still something that the universe can speak through. You know, so it might be something where you're walking along somewhere and suddenly like a bird flies across your path. And it's not just a bird, it's like a hawk. And that hawk means something to you. And so it's like, whoa, like, what does that what does that mean? And that's going to be relative to you. And you may not always even know. But at, over time, you can actually learn to develop an interpretation of what these symbols mean. And if anything, maybe it can just be seen as like a blessing something to give you good vibes along your journey. So pay attention to omens that you see. And those omens can be like a rustling of the wind through the tree leaves when you're like really paying attention to it. Or it could be like seeing a deer out in nature. Again, kind of like a blessing. Or it can just be like, again, kind of like waking up and you like hear something on the radio that really resonates with you. So again, this is what we'll get into more throughout this book. The idea of the language of the universe. Omens. <clears throat> And it's interesting that the word omen is literally just women without the W, which is just another thought in itself. <laughs> women are omens. They are like for, they are bearers of the future in many ways. So. <clears throat> so just going back one sentence. <clears throat> you have to cross the entire Sahara Desert, said the young man. And to do that, you need money. I need to know whether you have enough. The boy thought it a strange question, but he trusted in the old man who had said, when you really want something, the universe always conspires in your favor. He took his money from his pouch and showed it to the young man. The owner of the bar came over and looked as well. The two men exchanged some words in Arabic and the bar owner seemed irritated. 
Let's get out of here, said the new arrival. He wants us to leave. The boy was relieved. He got up to pay the bill, but the owner grabbed him and began to speak to him in an angry stream of words. The boy was strong and he wanted to re retaliate, but he was in a foreign country. His new friend pushed the owner aside and pulled the boy outside with him. He wanted your money, he said. Tangier is not like the rest of Africa. This is a port and every port has its thieves. The boy trusted his new friend. He had helped him out in a dangerous situation. He took out his money and counted it. We could get to the pyramids by tomorrow, said the other taking his take said the other taking the money, but I have to buy two camels. They walked together through the narrow streets of Tangier. Everywhere there were stalls with items for sale. They reached the center of the large plaza where the market was held. There were thousands of people there, arguing, selling, and buying. Vegetables for sale amongst daggers, carpets displayed alongside tobacco. But the boy never took his eye off his new friend. After all, he had all his money. He thought about asking him to give it back, but he decided that he would be unfriendly, that that would be unfriendly. He knew nothing about the customs of the strange land he was in. I'll just watch him, he said to himself. He knew he was stronger than his friend. Suddenly, there in the midst of all the confusion, he saw the most beautiful sword he had ever seen. A scarab, the scarab was, was embossed in silver, and the handle was black and encrusted with precious stone. The boy promised himself that, when he returned from Egypt, he would buy that sword. Ask the owner of that stall how much the sword costs, he said to his friend. Then he realized that he had been distracted for a few moments, looking at the sword. His heart squeezed as if his chest had suddenly compressed in. He was afraid to look around because he knew that he would, because he knew what he would find. He can he continued to look at the beautiful sword for a bit longer until he summoned the courage to turn around. All around him was the market with people coming and going, shouting and buying, and the aroma of strange foods. But nowhere could he find his new companion. Uh oh. <sighs> The boy wanted to believe that his friend had simply become separated from him by accident. He decided to stay right there and await his return. As he waited, a priest climbed to the top of a nearby tower and began his chant. Everyone in the market fell to their knees, touched their foreheads to the ground, and took up the chant. Then, like a colony of worker ants, they dismantled their stalls and left. The sun began its departure as well. The boy bought, watched it through its trajectory for some time until it was hidden behind the white houses surrounding the plaza. He recalled that when the sun had risen that morning, he was on another continent, still a shepherd with 60 sheep, and looking forward to meeting with a girl. That morning, he had known everything that was going to happen to him as he walked through the familiar fields, but now, as the sun began to set, he was in a different country, a stranger in a strange land, where he couldn't even speak the language. He was no longer a shepherd. He had nothing, not even the money to return and start everything over. All this happened between sunrise and sunset, the boy thought. He was feeling sorry for himself and lamenting the fact that his life could have changed so suddenly and so drastically. He was so ashamed that he wanted to cry. He had never even wept in front of his own sheep, but the marketplace was empty and he was far from home, so he wept. He wept because God was unfair and because this was the way God repaid those who believed in their dreams. When I had my sheep, I was happy. I made those around me happy. 
People saw me coming and welcomed me, he thought, but now I'm sad and alone. I'm going to become bitter and distrustful of people because one person betrayed me. I'm going to hate those who have found their treasure because I never found mine. And I'm going to hold on to what little I have because I'm too insignificant to conquer the world. Just taking a moment there, that's a very, very raw and powerful thing for Santiago to be able to express right there. And I'm sure something that we've all felt. And again, I think in many times, like our journeys are never really journeys that we can expect to go flawlessly. You know, we almost have to expect that there will be unexpected turns and and detours that we may take that may come from just like our lack of experience, our lack of wisdom. So, I mean, now that Santiago's experienced this, has he lost something? Yes, but he has also acquired the wisdom to perhaps be a little bit more mindful of just like who he's giving his money to perhaps. And yet even still, this is something where I'm sure we can all relate to this, where things don't feel like they're going our way. And then we kind of have this this period of time where we sink into a process of darkness, depression even, where we find ourselves lacking the motivation, lacking the trust, bitterness, resentment towards other people who are like finding their own flow, who are, you know, seeking their own inspiration. But as we continue reading, we will see that that is not where the story ends. And the important thing for any of us is to be able to still find the courage to like rise, to find the courage to still like follow our dreams and in some ways to develop a deeper trust in the process. Even though what happened to San Diego wasn't what he preferred, it in itself is still a neutral thing. And so rather than taking it immediately personally when those things do happen to us, can we have that higher perspective of understanding like, is this still part of some bigger story that's unfolding? Is this still the perfect reality? Like these are important questions to be able to reflect upon. And so right now, Santiago, he is doubting. He is doubting. He has just been robbed. Something has been taken from him. He doesn't know which direction he needs to go in. But let's see what comes next. The story is far from over. <clears throat> he opened his pouch to see what was left of his possessions. Maybe there was a bit left of the sandwich he had eaten on the ship. But all he found was the heavy book, his jacket, and the two stones the old man had given him. As he looked at the stones, he felt relieved for some reason. He had exchanged six sheep for two precious stones that had been taken from a gold breastplate. He could sell the stones and buy a return ticket. But this time, I'll be smarter, the boy thought. Removing them from the pouch, he could put them in his pocket. This was a port town. And the only true thing, truthful thing his friend had told him was the port town are full of thieves. Now he understood why the owner of the bar had been so upset. He was trying to tell him not to trust that man. I'm like everyone else. I see the world in terms of what I would like to see happen, not what actually does. He ran his fingers slowly over the stones, sensing their temperature and feeling their surface. <clears throat> they were his treasure. Just handling them made him feel better. They reminded him of the old man. When you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it, he had said. The boy was trying to understand the truth of what the old man had said. There, he was in the empty marketplace without a cent to his name and with not a sheep to guard through the night. But the stones were proof that he had met a king, a king who knew of the boy's past. 
They are called Urim and Thummim, and they can help you read the omens. The boy put the stones back in his pouch and decided to do an experiment. The old man had said to ask very clear questions, and to do that, the boy had to know what he wanted. So, he asked, he asked, he asked if the old man's blessing was still with him. He took out the stones. It was a yes. Am I going to find my treasure? He asked. He stuck his hand into his pouch, and he felt around for one of the stones. As he did so, both of them pushed through a hole in the pouch and fell to the ground. <laughs> Plot twist. The boy had never even noticed that there was a hole in his pouch. He knelt down to find Urim and Thummim and put them back in the pouch. But as he saw them lying there on the ground, another phrase came to his mind. Learn to recognize the omens and follow them, the old king had said. An omen, the boy smiled to himself. He picked up the two stones and put them back in his pouch. He didn't consider mending the hole. The stones could fall through any time they wanted. He had learned that there were certain things one shouldn't ask about, so as not to flee from one's own personal legend. I promised that I would make my own decisions, he said to himself. But the stones had told him that the old man was still with him, and that he and that made him feel more confident. He looked around at the empty plaza again, feeling less de desperate than before. This wasn't a strange place. It was a new one. So there you go. I mean, even just even just this already. And go ahead, for anybody, just like leave your own commentary related to this as we're going to this, and I'll do my best to read this uh, during the broadcast and everything. But again, just like taking a moment there, like what, what did Santiago do? Like he took a moment to kind of like center himself, to like reconnect with his heart, to reconnect with his purpose. So when we find ourselves like in those places of like the doubt and frantic thought and just be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, everything's going wrong. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. How powerful is it for us to just kind of like bring ourselves back to our heart and to remind ourselves that the king, that the king's blessing is still with us. And yes, see the king as like a metaphor for like the higher conscious wisdom of the universe. And, and even just, again, the king can mean many things. You can even replace the word king with like the blessings of the mother, you know? So it's like wherever we go, we always have this like blessing of the universe. We always have this like internal connection to a higher truth that is always acting through this. And yet it is in those periods where we kind of get, we feel like we're disconnected and we feel like we're lost and we doubt but it is through that doubt that we learn how to trust again. We learn how to like find that reconnection again, which is a very, very powerful thing. And again, I think something that we've all experienced and something that once you legitimately develop that deep connection of really knowing that like the universe always has your back, even, even when things aren't easy, it always has your back because it's here to teach you. It's here to help you learn. It's here to help you grow. So remember that the king's blessing, the king's blessing is always with you. The king, the mother, the father, the universe is always with you. Shout out to everybody again tuning in on Instagram. Please feel free to just drop some 1111s if you're here. Uh, happy full moon. Really appreciate you guys being here. If you missed part one, it is on my YouTube channel at Skull Babylon. But nonetheless, we'll continue the story. So, <clears throat> this wasn't a strange place. This was a new one. That's the right attitude, Santiago. Go, Santiago, go. It's us, man. All right. After all, 
What he had always wanted was just that, to know new places. Even if he never got to the pyramids, he had already traveled farther than any shepherd he knew. Oh, if they only knew how different things are just two hours by ship from where they are, he thought. Although his new world at the moment was just an empty marketplace, he had already seen when it was teeming with life, and he would never forget it. He remembered the sword. It hurt him a bit to think about it, but he had never seen one like it before. As he mused about these things, he realized that he had to choose between thinking of himself as a poor victim of a thief and as an adventurer in a quest of his treasure. I am an adventurer looking for treasure, he said to himself. Whew, I got like spine tingles when they when I read that, right? So it's like already like Santiago is like really getting his shift together here. He's like, dude, man, like somebody just robbed for me, but like whatever man that's not gonna stop me because like i'm still on some like bigger quest here and i got the king's blessing and i'm gonna do this just going back a page i want to show you a picture from the book again the pictures in here uh are pictures by mobius uh for those of you who are not familiar with mobius an amazing artist uh just showing it there to youtube and for those of you on instagram and facebook as well you can see it there so so you can see the sword in the image it's like a very powerful and crescent sword and for those of you listening on Paradigm, on, on like Paradigm Shift Radio on iTunes, I just, the image has just been like holographically projected into your brain. So just open that file. <laughs> okay. I am an adventurer looking for treasure as I drink from my Spider-Man mug. Awesome. Thanks again, everyone, for being here. Appreciate it. All right. Dun, 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 dun. So again, if anybody here, if you guys have read The Alchemist before, please feel free to leave your comments. If you have not read The Alchemist before, please feel free to also leave your comments. I really appreciate just being able to like know like what this story means to you. And sometimes it's really powerful to be able to like read a story and and to be able to get, again like see yourself as a character. When we read stories, it's not just like something where it's like have you ever experienced that when you read a story, you watch a movie, and you bring yourself into the experience of the character. And in the process of doing this, it's very much like this ability for your soul to learn, for your soul to grow through the growth of the character. So like that's kind of the thing is that as we go through this story, not only is Santiago experiencing this, but we are learning alongside. We are we we get to experience this journey. So you this is your journey for your treasure at the Egyptian pyramids. <clears throat> He was shaken into wakefulness by someone. He had fallen asleep in the middle of the marketplace, and life in the plaza was about to resume. <clears throat> Looking around, he sought his sheep, and then realized that he was in a new world. But instead of being saddened, he was happy. <clears throat> he no longer had to seek out food and water for the sheep. He could go in search of his treasure instead. He had not a cent in his pocket, but he had faith. And he decided the night before that he would be as much an adventurer as one he had admired in books. So very, very meta, right? So it's like here we are reading a book about a boy who's inspired by characters within books. So allow yourself to be inspired by this as well. Okay. He walked slowly through the market. The merchants were assembling their stalls and the boy helped a candy seller to do his 
the candy seller to do the to do his the candy seller had a smile on his face he was happy aware of what his life was about and began to ready and began a and began a day's work and ready to begin a day's work sorry his smile reminded him of the boy his smile reminded the boy of the old man the mysterious old king he had met this candy merchant isn't making candy so that he so that later he can travel or marry a shoekeeper's daughter he's doing it because it's what he wants to do thought the boy he realized that he could do the same thing the old man had done since whether a person was near to or far from their personal legend looking just by looking at them it's easy and yet i've never done it before he thought when the stall was assembled actually i just want to take a moment there have you noticed that that's a very very powerful thing just to take note of what he was just saying there the idea of realizing when a person is close or far from their personal legend so think about that if a person is following their personal legend that means that they are like doing what they came here to do they're doing something that they are passionate about they're doing something that that brings them joy that brings them into their like shining of their light that brings them not even just into like the ease but also just into the excitement of life and have you noticed that like think about people that you see even just on social media who might be just like dancing who might be making videos who might be singing songs and you can see them and just be like inspired just be like whoa like that person's really doing something that they're passionate about and there's and their light is shining so like again a personal legend your personal legend just to clarify because i know there's a question here and some people just asking what is personal legend your personal legend is to do is 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 like to to is to pursue the path that is the fulfillment of your dream so for example my part of my personal legend is doing these broadcasts is connecting with you guys is inspiring other people is going out and doing free hugs is making inspirational conscious media what is your personal legend and observe like how we can be inspired by following our own personal legends and encouraging each other to do the same so think about that because it's easy to see when someone when someone is not following their personal legend you'll you'll see that you'll observe that in them you know it might be just be it might appear as like sadness it might appear as apathy you know it might appear as lethargy and we can kind of observe that even in today's culture a lot of people because of just the way the world is right now they're probably not really doing exactly what they've dreamed of doing yet this is what this story is encouraging us is that don't just let the the story of the culture stop you from following your dreams it's up to you no one else can follow your dreams for you no one else can like live your personal legend for you so it's up to us to live our personal legend and to inspire each other to do the same continuing along here when the stall was assembled the candy seller offered the boy the first sweet he had made for the day the boy thanked him ate it and went on his way when he was gone only a short distance, he realized that while they were erecting the stall, one of them had spoken Arabic and the other Spanish, and they had understood each other perfectly well. There must be a language that doesn't depend on words, the boy thought. I've already had that experience with my sheep, and now it's happening with people. Ho ho ho. The language beyond language. He was learning a lot of new things. Some of them were things he had already experienced and weren't really new but that he had never perceived before 
and he hadn't perceived them because he had become accustomed to them. He realized if he can learn to understand this language without words, he can learn to understand the world. Again, very, very powerful idea. We'll get more into it as the story unfolds. Relaxed and unhurried, he resolved that he would walk through the narrow streets of Tangier. Only in that way would he be able to read the omens. He knew it, were, it would require a lot of patience, but shepherds know all about patience. Once again, he saw that in the strange land, he was applying the same lessons he had learned with his sheep. All things are one, the old man had said. The crystal merchant awoke with the day and felt the same anxiety he felt every morning. He had been in the same place for 30 years. So it's just kind of switch, switch here. So now this is talking about the crystal merchant. This is like another character. He had been in the same place for 30 years, a shop at the top of a hilly street where few customers passed. Now it was too late to change anything. The only thing he had ever learned to do was to buy and sell crystal, crystal glassware. There had been a time when many people knew of his shop, Arab merchants, French and English geologists, German soldiers who were always well healed. In those days, it had been a wonderful, it had been wonderful to be selling crystal and he had thought that he would become rich and have a beautiful woman at his side as he grew older. But as time passed, Tangier ch had changed. The nearby city of Ceuta had grown faster than Tangier, and business had fallen off. Neighbors moved away, and there remained only a few small shops on the hill. And no one was going to climb the hill just to borrow, just to browse through a few small shops. But the crystal merchant had no choice. <clears throat> he had lived 30 years of his life buying and selling crystal pieces. And now it was too late to do anything else. He spent the entire morning observing the infrequent comings and goings in his street. He had done this for years and knew the schedule of everyone who passed. But just before lunchtime, a boy stopped in front of the shop. He was dressed normally, but the practiced eye... But the the practiced eyes of the crystal merchant could see that the boy had no money to spend. Nevertheless, the merchant decided to delay his lunch for a few minutes until the boy moved on. A card hanging in the doorway announced several languages were spoken in the shop. The boy saw a man appear behind the counter. I can clean up those glasses in the window if you want, said the boy. The way they look now, nobody is going to want to buy them. The man looked at him without responding. In exchange, you could give me something to eat. The man still said nothing, and the boy sensed that he was going to have to make a decision. In his pouch, he had his jacket. He certainly wasn't going to need it in the desert. Taking the jacket out, he began to clean the glasses. In half an hour, he had cleaned all the glasses in the window, and as he was doing so, two customers had entered the shop and bought some crystal. When he had contemplated, when he had completed the cleaning, he asked the man for something to eat. Let's go and have some lunch, said the crystal merchant. He put a sign on the door and they went to a small cafe nearby. As they sat down at the only table in the place, the crystal merchant laughed. They didn't have, you didn't have to do any cleaning, he said. The Quran requires me to feed a hungry person. Well then, why did you let me do it? The boy asked. Because the crystal was dirty. 
and both you and I needed to clean, needed to cleanse our minds of negative thoughts. When they had eaten, the merchant turned to the boy and said, I'd like you to work in my shop. Two customers came in today while you were working, and that's a good omen. People talk a lot about omens, thought the shepherd, but they really don't know what they're saying. Just as I hadn't realized that for so many years I had been speaking a language without words to my sheep. Do you want do you want to go to work for me? The merchant asked. I can work for the rest of today, the boy answered. I'll work all night, until dawn. I'll clean every piece of crystal in your shop. In return, I need money to go to Egypt tomorrow. The merchant laughed. Even if you clean my crystals for an entire between here and there. There was a moment of silence so profound that it seemed the city was asleep. Old kings or personal legend. No treasure. The door of the cafe. Wishing he had died and that everything would end forever in that moment. The merchant looked anxiously at the boy. All the joy he had seen that morning had suddenly disappeared. I can give you the money you need to get back to your country, my son, said the crystal merchant. The boy said nothing. He got up adjusted his clothing, and picked up his pouch. I'll work for you, he said. And after another long silence, he added, I need money to buy some sheep. End of part one. So again, taking a moment here, Santiago being challenged, like really, really being challenged by the universe. And that's kind of like the common thing with the universe is that you will see that, is that when we are pursuing our own personal legend, Oftentimes, like even even at even at the precipice before we achieve what we're seeking to achieve, something will come up to us that will make us doubt, that will make us just like be like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work or oh, I don't know if this is going to be worth it or I don't I don't know if I should keep doing this. Yet that in itself is a test for yourself. And so this is once again, Santiago just kind of like going through that process of being able to ask himself, does he still want this? So let's find out. Part two. The boy had been working for the crystal merchant for almost a month, and he could see that it wasn't exactly the kind of job that would make him happy. The merchant spent the entire day mumbling behind the counter, telling the boy to be careful with the pieces and not break anything. But he stayed with the job because the merchant, although he was an, he was an old grouch, treated him fairly the boy received good commission for each piece he sold and he had already been able to put some money aside that morning he had done some calculating and if he continued to work every day as he had been he would need a whole year to be able to buy some sheep i'd like to build a display case for the crystal the boy said to the merchant we could place it outside and attract those people who pass at the bottom of the hill. I've never had one before, the merchant answered. People will pass by and bump into it and pieces will be broken. Well, when I took my sheep through the fields, some of them might have died if we had come up upon a snake. But that's the way life is with sheep and with shepherds. The merchant turned to a customer who wanted three, glass, three crystal glasses. He was selling better than ever, as if time had turned back to the old days when the street had been one of Tangier's major attractions. Business has really improved, he said to the boy after the customer left. 
I'm doing much better and soon you'll be able to return to your sheep. Why ask more out of life? Because we have to respond to omens, the boy said, almost without meaning to. Then he regretted what he had said, because the merchant king had never met the king. It's called the principle of favorability, beginner's luck, because life wants you to achieve your personal legend, the old king had said. But the merchant understood what the boy had said. The boy's very presence in the shop was an omen, and as time passed, Money was pouring into the cash drawer. He had no regrets about having hired the boy. The boy was being paid more money than he deserved because the merchant, thinking the sales wouldn't amount to much, had offered the boy a high commission rate. He had assumed he would soon return to his sheep. Why did you want to go to the pyramids? He asked to get away from the business of to, to get away from the business of the display. Because I've always heard about them, the boy answered, saying nothing about his dream. The treasure was now nothing but a painful memory, and he tried to avoid thinking about it. I don't know anyone around here who would want to cross the desert just to see the pyramids, said the merchant. They're just a pile of stones. You could build one in your backyard. <laughs> sure, we've all had that thought. Build a pyramid in our backyard, why not? You've never had dreams to travel, said the boy turning to wait on a customer who had entered the shop. Two days later, the merchant spoke to the boy about the display. I don't much like change, he said. You and I aren't like Hassan, that rich merchant. If he makes a buying mistake, it doesn't affect him much. But we too have to live with our mistakes. That's true enough, the boy thought, ruefully. Why did you think we should have the display? I want to get back to my sheep faster. We have to take advantage when luck is on our side and to do so as and to do as much to help it as it's doing to help us. It's called the principle of favorability or beginner's luck. The merchant was silent for a few moments when he said, the prophet gave us the Quran and left and left us just five obligations to satisfy during our lives. The most important is to believe only in one true God. The others are to pray five times a day, fast during Ramadan, and to be charitable to the poor. He stopped there, his eyes filled with tears as he spoke of the prophet. He was a devout man, and even with all his impatience, he wanted to live his life in accordance to Muslim law. What's the fifth obligation, the boy asked? Two days ago, you said that I had never dreamed of travel, the merchant answered. The fifth obligation of every Muslim is a pilgrimage. We are obliged at least once in our lives to visit the holy city of Mecca. Mecca is a lot farther away than the pyramids. When I was young, all I wanted to do was put together enough money to start this shop. I thought that someday I'd be rich and could go to Mecca. I began to make some money, but I could never bring myself to leave someone in charge of the shop. The crystals are delicate things. At the same time, people were passing my shop all the time, heading for Mecca. Some of them were rich pilgrims, traveling in caravans with servants and camels, but most of the people making the pilgrimage was poorer than I. All who went there were happy at having done so. They placed the symbols of the pilgrimage on the doors of their houses. 
One of them, a cobbler who made his living mending boots, said that he had traveled for almost a year through the desert, but that he got more tired when he had to walk through the streets of Tangier buying his leather. Well, why don't you go to Mecca now? Asked the boy. Because it's the thought of Mecca that keeps me alive, and that's what helps me face these days that are all the same. These mute crystals on the shelves and lunch and dinner ate at the same horrible cafe. I'm afraid that if my dream is realized, I'll have no reason to go on living. You dream about your sheep in the pyramids, but you're different from me because you want to realize your dreams. I just want to dream about Mecca. I've already imagined a thousand times crossing the desert, arriving at the plaza of the sacred stone, the seven times I walked around it before allowing myself to touch it. <clears throat> I've, already I've already imagined the people who would be at my side and those in front of me and the conversations and prayers we would share, but I'm afraid that it would all be a disappointment, so I prefer just to dream about it. Flipping the page here. <clears throat> that day, the merchant gave the boy permission to build the display. Not everyone can see his dreams come true in the same way. Just give me one second, folks. I'm just going to restart the broadcast on Instagram. There we go, because I guess we're already at an hour. Wow, that went by fast. <laughs> so we're going to keep reading here for about maybe another half hour. Uh, again, part two of uh, our book reading session of The Alchemist. Just restarted the IG broadcast. So thank you again, everyone, for continuing along. And we'll, uh, like I said, we'll just keep reading here. This book in itself, the total length on it, it's almost about 200 pages. So, I mean, we'll see. This may, this probably won't be in three parts, actually. It'll probably be in, in at least, uh, at least four or at least three. It's, I'd say probably four. So we'll, we'll spread it out. Cool. All right. So again, just taking a moment there, uh, Santiago working with this merchant shop and, and really, again, just acknowledging the fact that like different people have different ways of living their dreams. And it's an interesting thing when you think about that, like some people don't like they'll, they'll live their life in a situation where, where they may not always like have the privilege to fulfill their dreams just based on the circumstances of their reality. So really allow that to, to give you a chance to reflect and allow you to, to really think about the fact that you are privileged, that you have the opportunity to like fulfill your personal legend within this lifetime. If you're watching this, if you're watching this on a smartphone, if you're living in a first world country, you have the ability to really like walk on the path of your personal legends. So again, your personal legend is when you really do here, you, you do what you came here to do. You came here to inspire people, to see the world, to fall in love, to share your love, to help others reconnect with the power of their heart. These are all very personal things. So again, the treasure that Santiago seeks, like without even getting into any spoils and stuff like that, there are many forms of treasures and not all of them are just coins and gold, right? So what is the treasure that you seek? What is the treasure at your pyramid? What is it that will fulfill your dreams? Very important questions. And who will you become in the process of doing so? Like maybe that's the thing, right? Like the treasure itself isn't always the tangible. The treasure itself is who you become. The treasure itself is being able to meet the you who is like, 
who is like in the future get excited about meeting the you that is like your future self right so cool awesome Shout out again to everybody joining in. Again, we're broadcasting on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So wherever you are, please feel free to just leave some comments and we'll drop in uh, some commentary of what you guys have to share. Uh, Oliver, spiritual investor, leaving a comment on Instagram. He says, I just made a video and shared it about living out your dreams. Uh, we're definitely connected, man. <laughs> Divinely and universally guided. Awesome. S spiritual investor, Oliver, thank you so much for dropping in, man. Much appreciated. So again, anybody here, please feel free to like any thoughts that come to mind as you're as we're reading this, please just leave comments and I'll read those on screen. This is a shared discussion. Your your voice is appreciated. <clears throat> Two more months passed and the shelf brought many customers into the crystal shop. The boy estimated that if he worked for six more months, he could return to Spain and buy 60 sheep and yet another 60 in less than a year. He would have doubled his flock and he would be able to do business with the Arabs because he was now able to speak their strange language. Since that morning in the marketplace, he had never again made use of Urim and Thummim, because Egypt was now just a distant dream for him, as he was a Mecca for the merchants, for him as was Mecca for the merchant. Anyway, the boy had become happy in his work, and thought all the time about the day when he would disembark at Tarifa as a winner. You must always know what it is that you want, the old king had said. The boy knew and was now working toward it. Maybe it was his treasure to have wound up in this strange land, met with the thief, and doubled the size of his flock without spending a cent. He was proud of himself. He had learned something important, like how to deal in crystal, and about the language without words, and about omens. One afternoon, he had seen a man at the top of the hill complaining that it was impossible to find a decent place to get something to drink after such a climb. The boy, accustomed to recognizing omens, spoke to the merchant. Let's sell tea to the people who climb the hill. Lots of, <clears throat> lots of places sell tea around here, the merchant said, but we could sell tea in crystal glasses. The people will enjoy the tea and want to buy the glasses. I have been told that beauty is is a great is the great seducer of men. The merchant didn't respond, but that afternoon, after saying his prayers and closing the shop, he invited the boy to sit down with him and share his hookah, that strange pipe used by the Arabs. What is it that you are looking for? asked the old merchant. I've already told you. I need to buy my sheep back, so I have to earn the money to do so. The merchant put some new coals in the hookah and inhaled deeply. That's the sound of the hookah when it goes like the water. And like, well, maybe it's not a bubbler. I don't know. So, I've had this shop for 30 years. I know good crystal from bad and everything else there is to know about crystal. I know its dimensions and how it behaves. If we serve tea in the crystal, the shop is going to expand. And then I'll have to change my way of life. Well, isn't that good? I'm already used to the way things are. Before you came, I was thinking about how much time I had wasted in the same place while my friends had moved on and either went bankrupt or did better than they had before. It made me very depressed. Now I can see that it hasn't been too good. 
The shop is exactly the size I always wanted it to be. I don't want to change anything because I don't know how to deal with the change. I'm used to the way I am. The boy didn't know what to say. The old man continued. You have been a real blessing to me today. I understand something I didn't see before. Every blessing ignored becomes a curse. I don't want anything else in life, but you are forcing me to look at wealth and at horizons I have never known. Now that I have seen them, and now that I see how immense my possibilities are, I'm going to feel worse than I did before you arrive, because I know the things I should be able to accomplish, and I don't want to do so. It's good I refrain from saying anything to the baker and Tarifa, thought the boy to himself. They went on smoking the pipe for a while as the sun began to set. They were conversing in Arabic and the boy was proud of himself for being able to do so. There had been a time when he thought that his sheep could speak him everything, could teach him everything he needed to know about the world, but they could never have taught him Arabic. <clears throat> I'm just going to show you a picture here from the book. Here's a beautiful picture of Santiago with the man smoking the hookah. You can see it there and there's like Santiago kind of talking in, or the man talking about like his his Mecca, his travel. So showing the picture there to Instagram and YouTube as well. So awesome. Again, that's by the artist Mobius. M-O-E-B-I-U-S. Mobius, yeah. <clears throat> there are people... There are probably other things in the world that the sheep can't teach me, thought the boy as he regarded the old merchant. <clears throat> All they ever do really is look for food and water. And maybe it wasn't that they were teaching me, but that I was learning from them. Maktub, the merchant said, finally. What does that mean? You would have been born an Arab to understand. He, you would have to have been born an Arab to under, born an Arab to understand he answered, but in your language, it would be something like, it is written. And as he smothered the coals in the hookah, he told the boy that he could begin to sell tea in the crystal glasses. Sometimes there's just no way to hold back the river. Whoa, ho, ho. <laughs> that, that, that phrase in itself, sometimes there's no way to hold back the river. Very, very powerful. Again, if you guys are watching this on Facebook, uh, even just on Instagram, please feel free to just drop a, drop some 1111s, drop some hearts. Let me know that you guys are still there. You guys are having a good time. Uh, YouTube as well. Thank you so much for joining in and spending your evening or whenever you're watching this together as a friend, as community, as friends. Okay, so we'll keep reading for about probably 15, 20 more minutes. The men climbed the hill and they were tired when they reached the top. But there they saw a crystal shop that offered refreshing mint tea. They went in to drink the tea, which was served in beautiful crystal glasses. My wife never thought of this, said one, and he bought some crystal. He was entertaining guests that night, and the guests would be impressed by the beauty of the glassware. The other man re remarked that tea was always more delicious when it was served in crystal because the aroma was retained. The third said that it was a tradition in the Orient to use crystal glasses for tea because it had magical powers. Before long, the news spread, and a great many people began to climb the hill to see the shop that was doing something new in a trade that was so old. Other shops were open that served tea and crystal. 
but they weren't at the top of a hill and they had little business. Eventually, the merchant had to hire two more employees. He began to import enormous quantities of tea along with his crystal and his shop was sought out by men and women with a thirst for new things. And in that way, the months pass. The boy awoke before dawn. It had been 11 months and 9 days since he had first set foot in the African continent. Wow, that went by fast. It's almost been a year already. <laughs> he dressed in his Arabian clothing of white linen, bought especially for this day. He put his headcloth in place and secured it with a ring made of camel skin. Wearing his new sandals, he descended the stairs silently. The city was still sleeping. He prepared himself a sandwich and drank some hot tea from a crystal glass. Then he sat in the sun-filled doorway, smoking the hookah. He smoked in silence, thinking of nothing, and listening to the sound of the wind that brought the scent of the desert. When he had finished his smoke, he reached into one of the pockets and sat there for a few minutes regarding what he had withdrawn. It was a bundle of money, enough money to buy himself a hundred and twenty sheep a return ticket, and a license to import products from Africa into his own country. He waited patiently for the merchant to awaken and open the shop. Then the two went off to have some more tea. I'm leaving today, said the boy. I have the money I need to buy my sheep, and I have the money you need, and you have the money you need to go to Mecca. The old man said nothing. Will you give me your blessing? asked the boy. You have helped me. The man continued to prepare his tea, saying nothing. Then he returned to the boy. I'm proud of you, he said. You brought a new feeling into my crystal shop. But you know that I'm not going to go to Mecca, just as you know that you are not going to buy your sheep. Who told you that? asked the boy, startled. Maktoub, said the old crystal merchant. And he gave the boy his blessing. Ooh, I got more spine tingles when I read that. So again, Maktoub means, and so it is written. So again, very much, you can see where things are going. So again, going back to the, the, the synchronicity of how the universe has a tendency to work. Even in those moments where we feel like something is like going, you know, it, it feels like we've lost. That, that in itself is just a matter of perspective. There might be a step back, but maybe that step back puts us in a new direction. Maybe it sets us on a new path. Maybe it opens up a new door. So again, if Santiago never met with that thief, if he, knew, if he had never gotten robbed, he wouldn't have had the incentive to go meet the merchant, which led to him cultivating the funds to now be able to continue his quest to get to Egypt on his own accord. So go, Santiago, go. We believe in you. <laughs> All right. Awesome. The boy went to his room and packed his belongings. They filled three sacks as he was leaving. He saw in the corner of the room his old shepherd's pouch. It was bunched up and he had hardly thought of it for a long time. As he took his jacket out of the pouch, thinking to give it to someone in the street, the two stones fell to the floor, Urim and Thumim. It made the boy think of the old king and it startled him to realize how long it had been since he had thought of him. For nearly a year, he had been working incessantly, thinking only of putting aside money so that he could return to Spain with pride. 
Never stop dreaming, the old king had said. Follow the omens. The boy picked up Urim and Thummim and once again had the strange sensation that the old king was nearby. He had worked hard for a year and the omens were and the omens were that it was time to go. I'm going to go back to doing just what I did before, the boy thought, even though the sheep didn't teach me to speak Arabic. But the sheep had taught him something even more important, that there was a language in the world that everyone understood, a language the boy had used throughout the time that he was trying to improve things at the shop. It was the language of enthusiasm, of things accomplished with love and with purpose, and as a part of a search for something believed and desired. Wow, that's such a powerful thing. So again, think about that. The idea of like, when we see people, when we observe them, we are communicating. There's always a language. There's always this unspoken language, the language of heart, the language of just like passion. And so just reading that again, it was the language of enthusiasm, of things accomplished with love and with purpose. And as a part of a search for something believed in and desired. So that's very, very powerful to think. Like, how do you communicate? How do you, how do you express? How do you tell people your story? Simply by expressing it through your own passion. You know, it's a, it's a language that exists like outside of time. It's a conversation that spans over moments, years, decades. Tangier was no longer a strange city, and he felt that just as he had conquered this place, he could conquer the world. When you want something, all the universe conspires to help you achieve it, the old king had said. But the old king hadn't said anything about being robbed, or about endless deserts, or about people who know what their dreams are but don't want to realize them. The old king hadn't told him that the pyramids were just a pile of stone or that anyone could build one in their backyard. He had forgotten to mention that when you have enough money to buy a flock larger than the one you had before, you should buy it. The boy picked up his pouch and put it with his other things. He went down the stairs and found the merchant waiting on a foreign couple, while two other customers walked about the shop drinking tea from crystal glasses. It was, more, it was more activity than usual for this time in the morning. From where he stood, he saw for the first time that the old merchant's hair was very much like the hair of the old king. He remembered the smile of the candy seller on his first day in Tangier when he had nothing to eat and nowhere to go. That smile had always been like the old king's smile. It's almost as if he had been here and left his mark, he thought, and yet none of these people had ever met the old king. On the other hand, he said that he was always prepared to help those who were trying to realize their personal legend. He left without saying goodbye to the crystal merchant. He didn't want to cry with the other people there. He was going to miss that place and all the good things he had learned. He was more confident in himself, though, and felt as though he could conquer the world. But I'm going back to the fields that I know to take care of my flock. He said that to himself with certainty, but he was no longer happy with his decision. He had worked for an entire year to make a dream come true, and that dream, minute by minute, was becoming less important. Maybe because that wasn't really his dream. Dun, dun, dun. 
Have you ever experienced that in life where like sometimes you're pursuing something and you're like, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. And then as you get closer and closer to it, suddenly you're just like, or do I? And maybe there was like something else that opened up along the way or something that you had forgotten. And you're just like, wow, like I forgot about that. Maybe I can change my path. Maybe I can change my mind and give yourself permission to do that again. You know, like you might like your path may start off and be like, I'm going to be a famous singer or something like that. And then you might start being a singer or something, but then like something might happen along the way. And then you're like, actually, I want to work in a museum or something like that. Who knows? Right. It's all relative, (laughs) but allow yourself, allow yourself to be flexible with listening to your own heart. And a lot of this story is really just encouraging and teaching us the power of being able to listen to our own heart. Cause it's, it's so often that we will, that we will like silence our own voice, our own inner voice, the part of us, you know, it's almost like the, the whisper of a child where it's just like, you're a superhero. You should do superhero stuff. And and then the other part's just like, no, that's Boulder dash or something like that or something. Or it's like, you should make awesome movies and you should make art and you should organize community events where people come together and dance and stuff like that. And you're just like, no, I should just like, pay off my mortgage and then just like you know do adult things and stuff like that nothing wrong with that but again what are the things that excite you what are the things that make your spirit come alive those are the things that are a part of your personal legend so really reflect on that and again trust trust that if you really choose that that is what you want then the universe will help make that happen And it does come down to a choice and either choice has purpose. Like there's no wrong choice. Both choices will be meaningful in different ways. So there may be one where it will be like meaningful, where it's like the meaning that you get out of it is like, ooh, this isn't actually what I wanted. And then the meaning of the other one is like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. And then timing is everything. So again, even with this book, you know, again, him getting robbed, him working for the merchant, all of that spanning out over the course of a year and yet still giving him what he needs to get to where he wants trust that the universe has a divine plan for you yet also be patient and understanding that the timing for it may not always be what you want and that's kind of the that's kind of the big lesson you know as we get close to like wrapping up this broadcast i'm still going to read a little bit more the universe doesn't always give us what we want it gives us what we need sometimes what we need is like a swift a swift batch of patience (laughs) so oh you want that thing okay here wait an entire year because what's a year in the span of a lifetime right just another page in a book how much how much are you willing to give in order to be in order to be able to receive what you've always dreamed of (sighs) who knows maybe it's better to be like the crystal merchant never go to mecca and just go through life wanting to do so, he thought, again, trying to convince himself. But as he held Urim and Thummim, the black and white crystals given to him by the king, the stones, in his hand, they had transmitted to him the strength and will of the old king. By coincidence, or maybe it was an omen, the boy thought, he came to the bar he had entered on the first day there. The thief wasn't there, and the owner bought him a cup of tea. I can always go back to being a shepherd, the boy thought. I learned how to care for sheep, and I haven't forgotten how that's done. But maybe I'll never have another chance to get to the pyramids of Egypt. 
the old man wore a breastplate of gold, and he knew about my past. He really was a king, a wise king. The hills of Andalusia were only two hours away, but there was an entire desert between him and the pyramids. Yet the boy felt that there was another way to regard his situation. He was actually two hours closer to his treasure. The fact that the two hours had stretched into an entire year didn't matter. Yes, you got this, Santiago. We believe in you. I know why I want to go back to my flock, he thought. I understand sheep. They're no longer a problem, and they can be good friends. On the other hand, I don't know if the desert can be my friend, and it's in the desert that I have to search for my treasure. If I don't find it, I can always go home. I finally have enough money and all the time I need. Why not? He suddenly felt tremendously happy. He could always go back to being a shepherd. He could always become a crystal salesman again. Maybe the world had other hidden treasures, but he had a dream, and he had met with a king. That doesn't just happen to anyone. He was planning as he left the bar that he had remembered that one of the crystal merchant suppliers transported his crystals by means of caravans that crossed the desert. He held Urim and Thummim in his hand. Because of these two stones, he was once again on the way to his treasure. I'm always nearby when someone wants to realize their personal legend, the old king had told him. What could it cost to go over to the supplier's warehouse and find out if the pyramids were really that far away? And I think that is a good place to stop because the next part is like a whole nother part of the story that we will save for next broadcast, I think. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Do you, guys, do you guys want me to read? Do you guys want me to go for, okay, I could literally, do you guys want me to keep going just for like a little bit more? <laughs> I'll wait for your reply in the comments because we, we, we got a, like a couple more minutes at least. So if you guys want me to keep reading, uh, go ahead and let me know. But but in the meantime, yeah, again, like that that idea of, of, of Santiago really reflecting on, on like, that feeling that we've all experienced before. Have you felt that feeling where you're just like, oh my God, there's something that I want, but in order to get there, I have to do something that I'm not familiar with. I have to experience something that I've never experienced. I have to put myself in the, in the space of the unknown. When we are like on a quest, a spiritual quest, when we are like seeking to grow and to learn and to, you know, all of those magical things, we should honestly be looking. We should be looking for the things that we have never done before. We should be looking for the things that are new. We should be looking for the things that make us feel a little bit uncertain and even a little bit scared, right? Because like that's the being a little bit scared just means that there is like something there for you to be able to experience that you haven't experienced yourself. And that, and, and that, and again, within that, there's also the gift of courage where you can look back and just be like, yes, like I did this. I did something that I wasn't scared about. And it was actually the fear that was like the, the, the walls in our mind are bigger than they are in real life. So if you're looking to really grow your spirit, look for the harder choices. Look for the things that you have not done before. Look for the things that allow you to kind of like experience something new. So <clears throat> I'm going to read just a little bit more because I love you guys. And we're just going to kind of there's just like a little bit 
yeah there's just a little bit more and and, and then we're gonna wrap it up and again then you guys will get to tune in for part three of the alchemist so again this is kind of like a mini series right so like tune in in the next two weeks for the continuation of the alchemist <laughs> or you can go out and buy the book in the meantime whatever works for you that's totally cool <clears throat> so santiago's like walking into a a, a place mm-hmm <clears throat> The Englishman was sitting on a bench in a structure that smelled of animals' sweat and dust. It was part of a warehouse, part coral. I never thought I'd end up in a place like this, he thought, as he leafed through the pages of a chemical journal. Ten years at the university, and here I am in a coral. But he had to move on. He believed in omens all his life and all his studies were aimed at finding the one true language of the universe. First, he had studied Esperanto, then the world's religions, and now it was alchemy. He knew how to speak Esperanto. He understood all the major religions, but he wasn't yet an alchemist. He had unraveled the truths behind important questions, but his studies had taken him to a point beyond which he could not seem to go. He tried in vain to establish a relationship with an alchemist, but the alchemists were strange people who thought only about themselves and almost always refused to help him. <clears throat> so again, this is this is an Englishman that, that we're learning about right now. This is a new character. Who knows? Maybe when they had failed to discover the secrets of the master's work, the philosopher's stone, and for this reason, kept their knowledge to themselves. He had already spent much of his fortune left to him by his father, fruitlessly seeking the philosopher's stone. He had spent enormous amounts of times at the great libraries of the world, and he had purchased all the rarest, most important volumes on alchemy. In one, he had read that many years ago, a famous Arabian alchemist had visited Europe. It was said that he he was more than 200 years old and that he had discovered the Philosopher's Stone and the Elixir of Life. The Englishman had been profoundly impressed by the story, but he would never have thought it more than just a myth. Had not his friend, had not a friend of his returning from an archaeological expedition in the desert, told him about an Arab that was possessed, with that that was that was possessed of exceptional powers. He lives at the Al Farum Oasis, his friend had said, and people say that he is two hundred years old and is able to transform any metal into gold. The Englishman could not contain his excitement. He cancelled all his commitments and pulled together the most important of his books. And now, here he was, sitting inside a dusty, smelly warehouse, outside a huge caravan, was beginning to, was, be, was being prepared for a crossing of the Sahara, and was scheduled to pass through Al-Faroum. I'm going to find that damned alchemist, the Englishman thought. I'm going to find that damned alchemist, the Englishman thought. And the odor of the animals began a bit more tall became a bit more tolerable. A young Arab, also loaded down with baggage, entered and greeted the Englishman. Where are you bound? asked the young Oh <laughs> sorry, I keep messing up the accents. Where are you bound? asked the young Arab. I'm going into the desert, the man answered, turning back to his reading. He didn't want any conversation at this point. What he needed to do was review all he had learned over the years because the alchemist would certainly put him to the test. The young Arab 
took out a book and began to read. The book was written in Spanish. That's good, thought the Englishman. He spoke Spanish better than Arabic. And if the boy was going to Al Faroum, there would be someone to talk to when there were no other important things to do. So here's a picture. The boy uh, is obviously Santiago walking into the shop. So you can see there for people watching on YouTube, Englishman all like in his suit and stuff like that. And those of you on Instagram, Facebook. So we're just gonna we're just gonna read a little bit more, um, <clears throat> and then we'll and then we'll conclude this. Okie dokie. And yeah, and so obviously it's like this book is called The Alchemist. Why is it called The Alchemist? Like there haven't been any introduction of the characters of The Alchemist yet. But the story of alchemy is a very important one. And again, the story of alchemy, for those of you who are familiar with, is about like the scientists back in the day who would seek to transform metals. They would they would they would combine different elements together. And there was this idea of transforming lead into gold that, however, as much as some can approach it as like an actual literal story is more so than anything, actually a metaphor for the process of transforming the soul of transforming the soul from lead into gold of transforming our own journeys from like, just like random seemingly incoherent experiences to meaningful growth, to meaningful connection, to meaningful reasons for us to be able to understand more of who we are by refining ourselves, by purifying ourselves. Like that is the true story that the alchemist spoke of. We'll get to that a little bit more as we go. So like I said, I'm just going to read a little bit more, probably just like a couple more pages, and then we will conclude this broadcast of the alchemist. For those of you watching this on Instagram and YouTube, please jump over to my uh, YouTube channel or on, for those of you watching this on Facebook and Instagram, please feel free to jump over to my YouTube channel at Skull Babylon. And uh, you can find the recording there. And you can also find the recording of this in part one on Paradigm Shift Radio and iTunes or just go to ParadigmShiftCentral.com. And uh, yeah, I'll mention all that by the end of the episode as well. Just want to let you know. <clears throat> new, new section. That's strange, said the boy as he tried once again to read the burial scene that began the book. I've been trying for two years to read this book and I never get past these first few pages even without a king to provide an interruption, he was unable to concentrate. He still had some doubts about the decision he had made. So again, Santiago is like getting, he's like crossing a caravan. He's getting, he's, he's joining a caravan to be able to like cross the desert. He was able to understand one thing. Making a decision was only the beginning of things. Wow, that's deep. Making a decision was only the beginning of things. When someone makes a decision, he is really diving into a strong current that will carry him to places he had never dreamed of when he had first made the decision. Wow, I could say a lot about that. <laughs> when I decided to seek out my treasure, I never imagined that I'd wind up working in a crystal shop, he thought. And joining this caravan may have been my, may have been my decision, but where it goes is going to be a mystery to me. Nearby was the Englishman reading a book. He seemed unfriendly, but he looked irritated when the boy had entered. They might have they might even have become friends, but the Englishman was closed off. But the Englishman closed off the conversation. The boy closed his book. He felt that he didn't want to do anything that might make him look like the Englishman. He took Arum and Thumim from his pocket and began to play with them. 
The stranger shouted, Urim and Thumim. In a flash, the boy put them back in his pocket. They're not for sale, he said. They're not worth much, the Englishman answered. They're only made of rock crystal, and there are millions of rock crystals in the earth. But those who know about such things would know that those are Urim and Thumim. I don't know what they had. I didn't know that they had them in this part of the world. They were given to me as a present by a king, said the boy. The stranger didn't answer. Instead, he put his hand in his pocket and took out two stones that were the same as the boy's. Did you say a king? he asked. I guess you don't believe that a king would talk to someone like me, a shepherd, he said, wanting to end the conversation. Not at all. It was shepherds who were the first to recognize a king that the rest of the world refused to acknowledge, so it's not surprising that kings would talk to shepherds. He went on, fearing that the boy wouldn't understand what he was talking about. It's in the Bible, the same book that taught me about Urim and Thumim. These stones were the only form of divination permitted by God. The priests carried them in golden breastplates. The boy was suddenly happy to be there at the warehouse. Maybe this is an omen, said the Englishman, half aloud. Who told you about omens? The boy's interest was increasing by the moment. Everything in life is an omen. <clears throat> Damn, I gotta get my Englishman accent. <clears throat> Everything in life is an omen, said the Englishman, <laughs> now closing the journal he was reading. There is a universal language, understood by everybody, but already forgotten. I am in search of that universal language, among other things. That's why I'm here. I have to find a man who knows that universal language, an alchemist. The conversation was interrupted by the warehouse boss. You're in luck, you two, the fat Arab said. There's a caravan leaving today for Al-Faroum. But I'm going to Egypt, the boy said. Al-Faroum is in Egypt, said the Arab. What kind of Arab are you? That's a good luck. That's a good luck omen, the Englishman said, after the fat Arab had gone out. If I could, if I could, I'd write a huge encyclopedia just about the world's lucks and coincidence. It's with the words, it's with those words that the universal language is written. He told the boy that it was no coincidence that he met him with Urim and Thumim in his hand, as he asked the boy if he too were in search of the alchemist. I'm looking for a treasure, said the boy as he immediately regretted having said it, but the Englishman appeared not to attach any importance to it. In a way, so am I, he said. I don't even know what alchemy is, the boy was saying, when the warehouse boss called them to come outside. Okay, just a little bit more, as I keep saying this, as it's just like, oh man, this is a long, whew, I don't know if we need to, Oh man, I think we need to wrap this up actually because this is like a long next part. Okay, we're going to wrap it up there but we will continue the story of the alchemist. Uh, we're up on page 86. Again, this is the illustrated version by Mobius. So again, what a story. What a journey. Look at where it has taken us to. So again, Santiago, 
leaving from his little town in Spain and, and going on his own journey for following, following his dream, meeting all these characters along the way, meeting a king, meeting that like woman who told him the meaning of his dream of going to the pyramids and the treasures waiting there for him, arriving in that new town, getting robbed by a thief. And yet even then, the synchronicities connecting him with the shop merchant, the crystal shop merchant, <clears throat> allowing him to raise the money he needs that he never would have had before. And now coincidentally joining a caravan with this other English man who also is aware of the omens and of the stones and of the, the, the legends of kings and the personal legends that we all have ourselves. So where it goes from here... Santiago and the Englishman, his new friend, will travel within the caravan as they head towards Egypt in search of his treasure and on his quest of his personal legend. So there we go. So we'll end part two of the live book reading of The Alchemist for today. So join us again for next time. Uh, if all goes to plan, I think I'm going to be doing this every two weeks, usually on Sunday or Monday. So be sure to keep an eye open for that. Again, I'll be posting about it either on YouTube, uh, also on my Instagram at Mystic Spider-Man. For those of you who have, net, who have not been following me there, please follow me there for more uh, exciting stuff. And for any of you just in the live chat, go ahead, just leave comments of gratitude leave comments of just like any thoughts how was that for you uh anything that came to mind while hearing that story again this story though written like not too too long ago i think it was written i want to say in the 90s um very relatable and again obviously like paulo coelho writing this a lot from his own personal experience and that's the thing with a lot of this like spiritual journey is that it's one thing to be able to like read it in a book but to be able to experience this for us to be able to go on our own personal legends, to be able to synchronistically find people, to be able to meet mentors, to be able to have people in our life who are going to like plant those powerful seeds that are going to inspire us to fulfill our own personal legends, to go on these journeys, to, to do what makes our heart sing. Like that's all very real. And again, that's not just like, it's not just happenstance that we happen to meet those people. Like that is a part of the bigger story of the universe doing what it can to help guide us. To, because it wants us. It wants us to succeed. The universe sincerely, deeply wants us to fulfill our personal legends because they aren't just for us. As we do that, we step into more of who we are so that we can encourage and shine our light and inspire others to go on their own journeys and their own quests. So, so it's been an honor, again, to be able to share this space. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Paradigm Shift Radio on iTunes, wherever you're tuned into this. Deeply, deeply appreciate it. Again, be sure to check out more at ParadigmShiftCentral.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, lovely Longevity says, I've been drawing and painting while listening to Santiago's journey. Awesome. I know some people were doing that. Or some people have been like talking about that. They're just kind of like fiddling or cooking and stuff while working, while listening to us reading this. So thank you again for, for sharing in this space. I really appreciate that. And yeah, so again, just concluding this broadcast, be sure to check out more ParadigmShiftCentral.com. We got a lot more stuff coming your way through Paradigm Shift Central, which again is a portal for inspirational conscious media. Be sure to, to follow our new Instagram page at Paradigm Shift Central on Instagram page. There's a period between Paradigm and, sh and so Paradigm period shift period central. But if you just look Paradigm Shift Central on the search, 
uh, you'll be able to find it there. And it's in my info for Mystic Spider-Man. So we'll have a lot more stuff coming your way there. And again, if you want to be able to get involved with additional perks and we got some, uh, we're going to have like a new uh, exclusive team chat server that we're going to be launching for the Patreon supporters in the near future uh, after the solstice, then you can support on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brendan Culleton. And uh, that will also give you 25% discount code for items at quest item shop. So for any of you watching the broadcast, some of you like saw my light guardian crystal and you're like whoa like what's all that about that is available at questitemshop.com these are handmade items by myself and they're available for members of the community and again by you guys purchasing purchasing that that's just like one way of showing your support getting involved and being able to just like say like hey you know like thank you and thank you thank you like seriously thank you your guys support in any form share this broadcast with your friends that is a great way to be able to support as well so thank you for allowing me to be able to share this space with you thank you for sharing this with your friends thank you for joining for being a part of the inspiration that we are cultivating here together and i look forward to being able to continue not only just this book but our bigger our this the journey of our story of our personal legend for we are we are the alchemists, social alchemists. So, so with that said, we're going to wrap up this broadcast. Thank you so much, everyone, again, for being a part of it. And yeah, please feel free to just continue to leave your comments down below. Send me a direct message on Instagram and stay tuned for lots more exciting, shifty stuff coming your way. And happy full moon whenever you're listening to this. The moon's always full in some way or another. So happy full moon. Keep shining that light. And until next time, keep it shifty. And we will see you guys in the future. This is Skull Babylon, a.k.a. Wolf Shield, a.k.a. Mystic Spider-Man, signing off. Much love, peace, and wholeness. <laughs> there we go. Special bonus thank you once again to our friend Danny Leonardo, whose music is featured at the beginning and end of this broadcast. Be sure to check out more of her work through the information in the YouTube info below. Thank you, Danny. <laughs>